the next morning when everyone at the hostel would wake up, there'd always be one person that didn't listen that <laughs> lost their passport or got it stolen or got their watch stolen by a taxi driver who refused to take them home until they gave it to them or uh, their iPhone or all that stuff. Um, and another good reason to have insurance. It was always guys that it would happen to. Tuesday and welcome back to the Comes with Baggage podcast. This is Caitlin. And this is Chris. How are you today? <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic, as you can tell. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually incredibly tired because we record this uh, late in my evening and I've had a busy week, but you know, surviving. I've got some coffee on hand. I'll, I'll get through it for you and for the, the millions listening at home. <laughs> Um, I've got a dog just staring at me right now, like, play with me. Uh, not going to happen. Sorry. No. Sorry, Loki. He needs to lay down and chill. Um, he's like, he's still just a baby, so he's got a lot of energy. Well, I've got three kittens here trying to get involved. So How are the kittens could, doing? Could... Oh, they're good. They're adorable. We have to give them back in less than a month, which is which is starting Already? to weigh on it. Yeah, we are well, because... Basically, because they are kittens, they couldn't be vaccinated, which meant they couldn't be like loose at the, the cat cafe. Yeah. So once their vaccinations are done, though, they like to get them introduced again early as possible so that they are comfortable with the other 70 cats. Um, and they find if, if people hold on to them for too many months without a plan to adopt them, then when we bring them back, they might be confrontational or start fretting. So, yeah, basically sometime early next month we have to... Uh, hand them back over and then uh but then we are you gonna v- get more yeah we're gonna do a visa run and then when we get back we'll do we'll take some other kittens for two more months before we have to leave so okay. it'll be good it'll be tough because uh even though they drive me crazy uh they are very cute they like to curl up on the couch with us and you know watch tv and jump on my face while i'm trying to sleep so i'll miss that yeah well but then you'll just get more yeah until and then and then eventually, when I can finally settle down, I will have a cat. Uh, or, or three, knowing Rochelle, probably more than one. <laughs> How much longer are you guys staying in Vietnam for? Uh, so we're here in Hoi An until the end of August, and then we've got to fly home for wedding prep. So we've got a few more months. Um, we're going to do a visa run next month to uh, Thailand, because it's the cheapest and closest. So we'll hang out in Chiang Mai for a few days and not do very much, because we've already seen everything to see there. Um, and yeah, then it's home for the wedding, and then off to the US, and then UK, then Portugal, then back to the US for the second wedding, and then we're free. We can do whatever we want after that, and we can just pick a place and like buy furniture and things and settle what down. Are, what are you guys going to the UK and Portugal for? Uh, so one of my one of my friends from uh, cricket uh, in China, weirdly enough, Aussie guy, but I knew him through China. He's getting married in the UK right after Christmas, so we're going to fly over and spend a few weeks there catching up with friends. And then we have to kill time somewhere until the wedding in, in the US next July. So we thought, why not you know, pick a place that we like to look of in Europe, since I haven't been ever, and Rochelle hasn't been since she was a teenager. So we thought Portugal or Spain, uh, but Portugal seems to be the, the front runner at the moment for three months. Uh, wow. I thought, so yeah. not even just a trip, you're going to actually like, settle there for a bit. Yeah, we were thinking like maybe Porto or somewhere like that. We'll just you know get an apartment and do the digital nomad thing for a bit longer, because That'll be our last shot because after we get married the second time, we just want to like 
have a place for a year or two. Like, not at home, probably what? in, like, Taiwan or something, but... Would you be on a tourist visa? Yeah, yeah. So we'd need to do the occasional bounce to uh, non-Shenzhen countries at some time as well. Yeah, but just keep an eye on that because I know that you have to, like, leave the Schengen zone for, like, a certain amount of time before yeah, you yeah. back in it. Yeah, we already did our research on that, so oh, we'll... Yeah, okay. We'll definitely do that, and then we'll fly back to the US, get married, and you know. Be Not that I want to talk because I definitely overstayed <laughs> my time. Weren't you, weren't you working on your tourist visa? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just more careful now. I, well, I mean, people have definitely got a lot more strict. Yeah, um, and I know people that have been deported that have overstayed. Um, I've just always been really lucky, but. Uh, I, at, in my older, wiser years, I um, and having family in the UK, I just can't risk having that like red mark on my. Yeah, it gets passport. it's it's a it's a worry. Uh, that's the issue we have, obviously, being me being Australian and Michelle being American. Visiting is fine on tourist visas, but visiting often becomes a bit of a concern. That's why we're going to Europe for a few yeah. months because. We're just doing Christmas in the US. If we come back too soon after the UK wedding, they might be like, hey, you can't just keep visiting. So, yeah, yeah, that old chestnut. Um, well, I'm super jealous. I miss Europe so much. I know. We've got going, so much planned this year. I'm going in July, but I'm only going for like 10 days, and that is just not enough for me. Oh, well, I'll pick your brain for trip, trip ideas since we'll have a couple of months at the very least. And I do want to start adding pages to my passport and... Europe's a good place to do that. Everything's so close together. Oh, for sure. And um, I'm, I'm a good person to ask for advice for stuff because I make, if it's somewhere I've been before that you're going to, I mm. tend to make um, Google Maps for people. Oh, shit. With like shit marked, like my friend um, Joe, who is Aussie actually, he's in an Australian band. And they just were doing a little mini tour of the U.S. And they played a festival. And his girlfriend's coming over from Australia to meet him. And they're doing the whole East Coast, I think. But they're going to New York, which I used to live there. And, oh, um, nice. he messaged me, like, asking about some stuff for New York. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'll make you a little list. <laughs> Made a full-on New York map. Like, this is where <laughs> you have to eat. This is where you have to drink. This is where you have to, like, sightsee. Everything's color-coded. <laughs> oh, damn. I was and, about like, to say... <laughs> share the link and it literally it's so nice though because i made one for myself when i like when i go places and i do research of places i want to go and see and stuff and you make these maps and it's so great because then you just pull them up on your phone when you're there and you know where you are in accordance to things if i'm like oh i'm hungry and then i open that map and i'm like see where the closest places that i wanted to go yeah rochelle does the same thing on her phone she's like even here in hoyan like just at night, she'll be like, oh, this restaurant was good. And she'll drop a pin. And then when we're out, she'll be like, let's just check this one out. Or let's go to that cat cafe or that that market that I have a love heart on. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I don't, I'm not that organized. I literally just like look around frantically until I see what I need. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's nice though because doing all of this before I go, like one of, I think, oh, sorry, I got a bubble in my throat. <laughs> um, one of the things I think I do this is because when I travel with my mom, I love to travel with my mom. She's listening. I love you. <laughs> but, um, she does this, like, she's a big researcher too, but she does it, like, when she's there. So I remember oh. we were in Copenhagen, and I just wanted breakfast. I was so hungry. And we literally sat in the Airbnb for, like, 45 minutes while she researched 
20 different places that she might want to go for breakfast. And I was like, I'm literally about to kill you. because That's, that's kind of where I'm at, though. That's what I eat do. You. It comes up. Yeah. <laughs> because it just fucking picks somewhere. Um, so I like to do a lot of my research before I go and then mark stuff. And then when I'm there, I'm just like, cool, what's the clip? Let's just pick one of these and just go. And then you don't have to, you know... You're not wasting time time on the ground, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, like, trying to research stuff. And I get it, because, like, my mom, and I'm like this as well, like, I eat and drink my way through places. I feel like that's how I really experience places, through food and drink. Yeah. Um, And so she likes going to the best places, and the ones that are most authentic, and the ones that are the most popular with locals and stuff like that. So she does a lot of research, just she does it when we're already there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's okay. But yeah, so let me know when you go to Europe and I'll make you, um, I, so the good thing about making these maps for different places is that some of them I already have. So I just oh, so then I'd be like, send boom. them away. I've already got one for like Croatia and maybe Prague. Um, I should do one nice. for London, but yeah, I just like, I just have them stored in my maps on Google and then I can just send them for anyone that asks. All right. I will definitely be doing that. And all this talk of of planning kind of ties in well to today's topic, which is travel insurance, which is something you definitely need to plan. Oh, yeah. Smooth. That was smooth, right? Just slipped right in there. (laughs) It was a a nice transition. Yeah. I mean, I've I've drawn attention to it now, and everyone's like, that was kind of ham-fisted, Chris. But... um, But it worked. Um, so yeah, the the always thrilling topic of travel insurance is today's topic. But there is a lot of like misinformation out there, and then there's also a lot of really either like awful stories or like bad stories that kind of ended up being a funny story. So I think travel insurance is it's definitely something that a lot of people are a bit uncertain of, and it's sort of a thing we can hopefully hash out today and give everyone the nuts and bolts. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Like, when I first started traveling, I never bought travel insurance. And I just had seen too many instances of people being screwed over. And finally got to a point where I was like, you know, I've been so lucky. Like, I, my entire, like, jobs that I was working in Europe was all pub crawls where you're literally just drinking every single night. And I'm like, how I didn't get some drunken injury at some point. Yeah, that's impressive. In all of these years is like, at this point, I'm just tempting fate now. Like, I'm just teasing the universe. Like, haha, you can't get me. You've never got me. And so I was like, at this point now, like, I feel like it's, it's like sooner or later I'm going to get hurt and it's going to end up getting screwed. And so now I do plan, I do buy travel insurance. Um, Um, But it's really hard. There is a ton of information out there and it's hard to know what is the right stuff to buy and what's the wrong stuff to buy and who's just trying to sell you shit. Yeah, for sure. And travel insurance kind of feels like the lottery, like not because it's cool when you get to use it, but because like playing the lottery is kind of the same. You're just spending money every time you go on a trip in this case. And then like in the hope that you obviously you don't hope you'll need it, but in the, you know, the the one time you don't have it is probably the one time where you need it. Does that make sense? Like, and that's what happened to me. I always traveled with insurance. Like, for my very first trip, my mum, like, insisted on it. And then a couple of years ago, I was uh, headed to Sumatra in Indonesia with, with Rochelle um, on our first trip together as a couple. And we got through the whole trip. We went orangutan trekking and motorbiking, so all the riskier stuff first. And we finished off with a nice day of um, scuba diving on Pulau Way. 
Um, and obviously nothing happened. Scuba diving, finished my last dive, came up, and I was the first out. And so I was like, oh, do you mind if I go up on the roof of the boat and get some sun? And they're like, yeah, head up. Oh, you so flipped. I was up there. I'm guessing. No, not even <laughs> slipped. No, worse. I'm up there peeling off my wetsuit, like, with my arms pinned behind my back when a wave hits the side of the boat. And the oh. whole thing, like, tips. And I'm not talking, like, a little tip. I'm talking, like... God, I don't even know, like 30 degrees or something. It was like yeah. a, it was a big enough tip that I just started skidding across the roof. There's no railing. Yeah. Uh, nothing. So I went over the side and I hit my arm on the, the railing on the next level down. With your arm behind your back? No, I managed to get it loose in time to get it in front of my face because otherwise it would have been worse. Oh, that's good. Uh, but it, um, I got like a, what, what do they call it? A nightstick fracture. So where the bone basically, it's usually from defending yourself. The bone just was completely disconnected. Uh, like it wasn't touching on one side on my ulna. Uh, so I hit the water and I, and I came up and I thought I was okay because there wasn't really swelling and it wasn't bleeding. Uh, and it was the last day of our trip. So we're like, look, we'll just get back to China and we'll look into it there. And they did a, a like a, an x-ray and they're like, no, that's just, that's a bad break. We're going to need to do surgery like tomorrow. Um, and then they, they quoted me 6,000 US and I was just like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Um, Thankfully, I come from a socialist country, so flew home to Australia, checked into a hospital as soon as I landed, and I got the surgery, three nights in a hospital, morphine, codeine, all the works for free. Yeah. So that worked out well for me, but it could have been really bad. Like if it had been, if it had broken the skin, which it was close to doing, yeah. they would have had to operate in Indonesia, and then I would have been on the hook for all those expenses. So I've, I have not gone on a trip without travel insurance since, like I'm not risking it again. What was your reasoning for... Because you said you'd always got it before. How come you didn't get travel insurance for that I, trip? To be honest, I just forgot. Like, I was used to just... Like, living in China, the cost of medical is quite low. And I wasn't living a particularly high-risk life. Like, I didn't drive a motorbike around. I basically worked from home. So I, I wasn't using it in China. Um, but Indonesia, I just it just slipped my mind. Um, and I just didn't get it. And it was only when I broke my arm that I was like, Oh, crap. I thought I... Like, I just sort of... I, I had a policy for a few months at a time, and I guess I just forgot that it had expired, um, much to my dismay. Thankfully, the flights home were like only 700 bucks return, so it wasn't the end of the world, but it definitely wasn't an ideal end to a holiday. Mm, no, definitely not. And uh, you've, have you, you've, you've said you started using it, but have you ever had, had to actually like, make a claim on your insurance traveling? No, I haven't. And, and, I'm, and like, I've, I have started using it but it was more for bigger trips yep and i forget to use it for the little ones like when i just went to the uk for christmas i didn't get it for mm. that i just like i it, like especially after not using it for so long like i just forget um, yeah but i started looking into it again which is how kind of i thought we should talk about it this week is because i started researching it for uh, my trip to croatia and ireland mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. july and, you know, what type of insurance I should get. I definitely want to, because I'm traveling, so many flights, I'm going to have rental cars, we're going to be driving a lot, I'm going to be swimming and jumping off cliffs, I'm sure, like, I definitely want to get it. I'm going to be drinking. <laughs> um, well, yeah, people people forget that it doesn't just cover, like, people think travel insurance is just medical, but it covers, like, all those things you mentioned, like, it. it's like if you miss a flight, it might cover you. If you lose something or have something stolen, it might cover you. So, I mean, it's... There's a lot of things it doesn't cover, which we'll tackle later, but it's true. Like at our age, we might not be doing the most risky things anymore. Yeah. So the medical side might not be as important, but losing a bag or missing a connecting flight or yeah. having 
having a flight cancelled and then having to rebook a bunch of non-refundable hotels well, suddenly my, becomes an issue. Well, that's something I also like wanted to mention is, um, especially for me, I am usually pretty good about flights and stuff like that, but I've made the mistake. I've missed a couple. But when I was in Spain... <laughs> what, like, was there like a disaster or something? Or like a no. traffic accident? You just, um, just missed them? When I was in Spain for a friend's wedding... I had saved my flights. Like, you know how, like, you, you book flights and then it automatically is saved in your calendar? Yeah. Or something like that. Um, so the night before I was leaving Spain to fly back to New York, I got my alert, like, reminder, you know, you have a flight tomorrow at this time. And it said, like, 7 p.m. or something like that. I couldn't remember. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like, hadn't checked... <laughs> actually when my flight was but just (laughs) saw that google alert and was like cool flights at seven asked everybody else in our house all of our friends we like rented a villa when everybody else's flights works we were all leaving the same day and who was gonna take different taxis because we were all leaving throughout the day and so me and three others had later in the day flights so we you know went and had a really nice long lunch and had sangria we're enjoying our last day in spain (laughs) it was so nice and then we were like, oh, what terminal are we all leaving from? Because we'll have to leave soon. Like, we'll go back and get our bags. Oh, no, I think we had our bags with us. But we're like, you know, we have to check what terminal we're leaving. And I was like, I can't find my flight anywhere. Like, checking the oh, departures. No. And <laughs> I'm like, this is so weird. So I'm like going, because um, I'm looking by time. And then so I go into my flight records to, like, find the flight number. And I'm like, fuck, my flight is in a, an hour and a half. <laughs> And we were in actual, like, we're actually in a town called Sitges, which is 30 minutes south of Barcelona. So it's a good, like, 45-minute taxi ride. Oh. So you didn't make it, or you... We tried. (laughs) Me and all my (laughs) friends, like, paid the bill. It took forever to get a taxi. It felt like forever at that point to get a taxi. And hauled ass to the airport, and I got there, and they're like, no, I'm sorry, it's too late. And I was like, fuck. And it was because that Google flight alert was for the second leg of my flight. I had a layover in Portugal or or Amsterdam or something like that. And that's what it was alerting me to. It wasn't alerting me to the flight actually leaving Spain. And so I just like, it was my mistake. But I didn't have travel insurance. I can see how you make it. Yeah, I didn't have travel insurance. I didn't have... Um, any sort of coverage and because I didn't book directly through the airline I booked through a third party website it like I had no protection whatsoever so I had to book a whole new flight which was very expensive I had to get home for work so it was a super expensive flight and it included a 13 hour overnight layover in Portugal oh well hey Um, which was a freezing (laughs) cold airport and nothing open and it was miserable. Oh. It was I was so cold. I only had the stuff from being in Spain in September, so I was wearing like shorts and a tank top. And I just remember how, how much colder is Portugal than Spain? Aren't they like? It was neighbors? the airport. The airport. Oh, they were like okay. blasting their air conditioning or something because it was. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure they share a border. They can't be that different. <laughs> no, it was just lights. the airport was so cold. Oh. Um, well, on that yeah. topic, with my with that broken arm, I had. The next morning, we had to take a ferry and then four consecutive flights. Uh, but 
booked on separate legs. So if we'd missed any of the flights, it would have like if we'd missed the first flight for whatever reason, we could have made the next. But all of them kept getting delayed, which meant we were getting further and like getting further and further behind schedule. Like yeah. our five hour layovers became one hour layovers. Yeah. And on the last one at Jakarta, I literally I was running through the airport with a broken arm, which did not feel good. No, it would not. But it was so stressful, like trying to get you know all these flights because we didn't have insurance, and yeah. so if I'd missed one, we would have been rebooking a flight from you know Jakarta or Shenzhen or wherever the heck it yeah. was that we missed it. Um, so I mean, it's just for, for me now, it's just a no-brainer. Just it's just that little extra bit of peace of mind, you know. Like I I may never need to make a claim. But on that one time I do, chances are it'll be a big one because I don't exactly do things by half measures. Yeah, I mean, when you're younger, like, you just have that sense of, like, invincibility. Like, you think it's never going to happen to you. But the number of people, like, I, yes, I was lucky. The number of people, especially working the pub crawl and hostels and stuff like that, the Mm. number of people that got sick, um, the number of people that got drunken injuries. Like, I had some girl was, like, or a guy was giving a girl a piggyback ride and running through the square of Prague drunk and oh, no. they slipped and fell and she uh, broke her arm. Oh. And, um, oh my God, my friend Justin, uh, he in Croatia came on the pub crawl um, with his fiance because I had met him like four years previous on that same pub crawl and he was like, I wanted to bring her on it. I told her all about it. We were leaving <laughs> our first, very first bar to actually go on the crawl and his, he was wearing thongs, and he slipped on the stairs coming out. Oh, and yeah, that'll happen. his head on the edge of the stairs and was just bleeding profusely from the head. And we had to oh, get an God. ambulance to come collect him and take him to the hospital. And um, this is in Croatia. Like, I don't, I don't know if he had insurance, but if he didn't, like, that's yeah. expensive. He had to stay overnight in the hospital. Um and like get we stitches sh- and stuff like that I saw him the next day and he just looked like Dumbo he had this big oh god we should clarify that when you said he was wearing thongs because uh, you are American and usually <laughs> that's a different thing in Australia we call flip flops thongs um, and in New Zealand where they were invented they call them jandals there you go there's your fun fact for the day or other parts of Australia apparently they're called pluggers oh yeah that's that's more like a Queensland. yeah like a slang thing yeah I busted a plugger mate yeah <laughs> that was so easy. <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, he could. He might have been wearing a thong too. I wouldn't have put it past him. It, it could um, have been, and that might have been why he fell. You know, yeah. like they're dangerous underpants to wear. But I mean, it's. I've seen. I've seen it. I've seen other people. So many other people get hurt, and it's. It's. It's not a great. Like it's already bad enough to have that happen on your vacation. But then mm. on top of that, to have to deal with not having insurance as well. Oh, and God, here... Oh, sorry, you finish. I was just going to say, <laughs> and, like, it's... Because I know for me, at least, like, one of my reasonings was, like, it seemed so expensive, and I was, like, I'm already spending so much money on this trip. And I, mm-hmm. a lot of these places I was moving to, so I wanted... To, I was going with very little money, and what I had is what I had to live off of. Yeah. And in hindsight, of course, it was stupid, <laughs> but I should have saved more money if I'm going to live somewhere to be able to have well, can... insurance. But, I can totally understand that logic, though, because, like, back in the day when I was doing a trip and I only had $1,000 in the bank, yeah. putting 200 of that aside for insurance was extravagant. Now that I actually have some savings, yeah. uh, it makes a lot of sense to me to be like, you know what, it's $400 for four months or whatever it might be, and that's peace of mind. Like, back in the day, spending $400 
yeah, was an issue. Like, I might not have had that. Or if I did, that was, like, my beer budget. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to cost you even more in the end. And that's what I... something happens. And, you know, like, that's not something that your parents want to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. Or you might have, you know, might not have family that's able to help you out, which is even more reason. Well, that's what we see here a lot in, in Hoi An. Uh, Hoi An and neighbouring Da Nang have big expat populations. Da Nang for the teaching, and then Hoi An is like a digital nomad tourism spot. And a lot of people here rent motorbikes. Uh, they're super cheap. Like, I rent one for the equivalent of, what, uh, 40 bucks a month US. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, like... Like, I'd never driven a motorbike when I moved here at all. And now I'm, I'm very comfortable on mine, but I don't have a license to drive it here. Um, so there's a lot of people getting around without licenses, and that includes locals. And then there's a lot of drunk expats who are now getting drunk and getting around without licenses on motorbikes in a country with lots of people who don't have licenses for motorbikes. So there's a lot of accidents. Uh, and so every few days uh, on, like, the Facebook groups for the expat scene here, there's a new GoFundMe for some guy... Now, sometimes it's legitimately unfortunate. You know, they got sideswiped by a truck and are badly hurt. But a lot of the time, it's a drunk person and they didn't have insurance. And so they're, they're trying to raise money for their medical costs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing that actually... This is something that we'll touch on when we say what isn't covered in travel insurance. Uh, driving without a license does not cover you. So some of these people, even though they have insurance, because they're driving a bike without a Vietnamese license... So even if you've got one at home, it doesn't matter. They're not covered. And that's, that's actually causing a lot of problems here because people think they're covered, wipe out, need some surgery, rack up a six or $7,000 bill, and then their insurance is like, well, you didn't have a Vietnamese license, so you're on your own. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to be careful. Like, uh, you know, it's, that's not the case everywhere. In Australia, for example, you would be fine to drive on your U.S. driver's license because we have a reciprocal agreement. Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam only recognises licences from Vietnam and then from certain other countries of which the US, Australia, England and most of the world are not on that list. Thailand is included, weirdly enough. So some expats here actually just go over to Thailand and pay to get a Thai driver's licence and they come back and just use that here. Is it easier to get a licence in Thailand than Vietnam? Oh, yeah. Thailand, it's... I mean, they say that... I, I know people who literally... They don't even do a test or anything. They just go in and and make sure they pay the right amount to the right guy and they get given a license. So um, it's I definitely not like, difficult. I wonder if it's like if you show that you have a, a driver's license from another country, that Thailand would give you one. That definitely helps. A lot of the time they will ratify your license uh, if you've got a foreign one. But I also think Thailand... I mean, I've, I've seen on... Uh, on Cal, Cal, oh, what's the word? There's a street in Bangkok that's named to eluding me. You can buy a degree from Harvard there. It looks very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> like they'll, they'll they'll put you in that Kaosan Road. They'll put your name on it, and they will, you know, it, it, like it's very fancy. And I googled what an actual Harvard diploma looks like. It looks the same. So if you ever want to have a driver's license or a degree from Harvard that might get you in trouble later, that's where you'd go. Oh Kaosan Road. Hilarious. It's also um, where you can eat scorpions and get very drunk. So yeah, it's, a, it's mean, a wild wild place. It it does come off as expensive at the beginning, but it's so much less expensive to just have it and mm-hmm. not need it then need it and not have it not have it yeah that old chestnut yeah um yeah i haven't really got any stories from my own life i've never had to make a claim as i said the one time i got hurt didn't have it i've never um, had to make a claim but i have had one instance where it would have really helped <laughs> medically oh. um i was living in croatia with a czech friend 
Um, and because she's Czech, you know, she has European healthcare coverage everywhere, you know, all that stuff. Um, I didn't have travel insurance and I developed a UTI and I've had one in the past before when I was much younger and it spread to my kidneys and I was in a lot of pain, like at home, like this happened at home. But basically I was worried about that happening again. And I was flashing back to the pain that I was in. I was like, I'm not dealing with that. I just need to get antibiotics for this. Mm-hmm. And, but A, I didn't speak Croatian. I think I had like just moved there as well. Uh, didn't speak Croatian. Um, tried going to the, just straight to the pharmacy with her. And they were like, no, you have to go to the hospital and get a prescription. And I didn't have insurance. And so I do not recommend this to people at all. But we ended up taking her medical insurance paperwork and her passport. Oh, no, it wasn't her passport. Because obviously they would have recognized her. I was about um, to say, did you guys look similar? So it wasn't like a fake idea. We looked thing. It was... somewhat similar. She was very blonde. I was not. But we just <laughs> said that I colored my hair. Nice. Um, but I think Croatia... Oy. Um, I'm going to go and kill a cat. No, the noise scared it. Uh, one of the kittens tried to get into a bowl of Thai red curry and found out that it is hot and spicy and has now run away to hide. So, jokes on you, cat. That's what you get. Um, but yeah, I, I can't... like The details now are fuzzy, but I just remember having her medical paperwork, her translating, and being like... I'm basically in a, basically saying like I'm an American uh, with also like my family was Czech. So, uh, like so I that, so Czech that, that would understand. Yeah. yeah. But I grew up in America and we just pretended like we were cousins or something. And then um, <laughs> she transferred and they got the prescription and nice. ended up being fine. But like definitely would have like, it, there's a very good chance it couldn't have worked. There's a very good chance I could have gotten in trouble for doing that. Um, yeah, I literally had no money at the time, and that's not so bad. At least it was just like a relatively mild prescription. Oh yeah, like I, I, I mean, if it was something serious, I definitely yeah, wouldn't course. have thought they'd have they'd have turned such a blind eye. No. Um, there's there's a bunch of different types of insurance that you can get um, with all different levels of coverage. Um, so there's like basic trip cancellation you know, protection, which is covers lost bags, reimbursements if you miss connecting flights, um, refund if for some reason you can't make your flight because of, you know... Like an accident. Personal emergency. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, that's going to be probably the least expensive because it's just covering... Yeah, it's just covering a few things. Um, um, and like working working in the safari industry, that's a big one for us is the cancellation. Not because anything happens on our end, but like the number of clients we get like two or three weeks out from their $8,000 per person safari, it's like, oh, I need to cancel because this happened. And it, it's usually a legitimate reason, but they've got to understand like hotels take down payments and they don't want to give that back. Yeah. Um, and that means we can't give them their money back because we've already forwarded it onto hotels. Yeah. So we're always like constantly reminded that you need like for things like that, like let's say, you know, a family member passes away and you need to go home early. That's usually covered by even a trip cancellation plan. Um, I had a client whose wife fell pregnant um, 
And so he cancelled two days before arriving. Now, probably not necessary. He was yeah. worried that it was too strenuous for her, but she just found out she was like six weeks pregnant or something. So I feel like she probably would have been okay. But, you know, different people have different beliefs. In China, you're not supposed to eat uh, seafood at all when you're pregnant at all. Or cold food. No ice cream. No, you're not supposed uh, to. In America, you're not supposed to have fish. Seafood, I know, right? Yeah, like... Sushi. But or like, like raw but, fish. Yeah, but or ice cold cream. Cuts. No. No, no ice cream though in Amer- in in China. No, no cold food. Mm-hmm. It's bad for the baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I guess this guy. I don't remember where he was from, but maybe in his culture, you know, it wasn't advisable to travel at all while pregnant. Yeah. But whatever the reason, he didn't have cancellation insurance, and we couldn't go to a hotel saying, "Hey, guess what? This guy who's supposed to be coming in two days is um, is cancelling his entire trip and wants his money back." And they pretty much all said, "Good luck with that," yeah. and left us to handle it. Um, so you definitely want to have it. Uh, and I think you were saying in the US, uh, purchases made on your credit card are usually covered for things like this, Well, right? it depends on the cover, uh, the credit card. Yes. So make yeah, sure yeah. you do your research. I only just kind of learned that because I've rented quite a few cars so far because I don't have a car. So when I need one, I rent one. Makes sense. And I always buy the insurance that comes with the car rental place. But those are expensive. They definitely take yeah. advantage of you. And I learned eventually that, and they like pressure you for it too. Um, Which is probably wise if you have nothing else because you do yeah, not want to be on the hook for that. Yeah, but I learned that um, my one of my credit cards, and it's not so it's not all credit cards. So if anybody has credit cards, check their check their coverages. But a mm-hmm. lot of them cover travel related uh, expenses as long as you use that card to make the purchase. So by purchasing yeah. flights on that credit card. By purchasing your accommodation on that credit card, by purchasing the transportation on that credit card, if something goes wrong, they usually will cover it. Yeah, I had one client who was British and his credit card would cover his entire safari as long as a certain percentage of it had been paid on his credit card. So I think he paid like, out of $10,000, he paid 1000 on credit card and the rest he paid by regular bank transfer. Mm-hmm. But that covered the whole trip for him. Yeah. Um, through his through his credit card provider. So he didn't need to get travel insurance, at least for cancellation. Yeah, even even things like roadside assistance. Like if you're if you get a flat tire with your rental car or something like that, um, it covers all of that as long as you use your credit card to pay for it. But yeah, you have to if something does happen, you need to call that department of your credit card company and then they advise you on what to do. But a yeah. lot of times they'll cover you. So like I just booked my flight from Croatia to Dublin for my trip and I booked it on my credit card. Now my flight to Croatia and back from Dublin, I didn't book on my credit card because I didn't think about it. So I'm definitely uh, going to be purchasing travel insurance. I don't, it doesn't cover like medical stuff. So your credit card doesn't replace travel insurance completely, but it's it just cancellation, cancellation protection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the difference. Like you were saying, there's the two differences there's there's trip cancellation which is often actually sold to you when you buy the ticket a lot of online uh, vendors like trip.com they will try and upsell it to you and i mean the legitimacy of these i don't know because i've never done that but trip cancellation and travel insurance are sort of different animals because travel insurance obviously covers a lot more Mm -hmm. than cancellation will uh, including the medical emergencies and dental uh, emergencies only well that's actually a tricky one only very specific dental emergencies because i i just had to get a root canal which is a, a it can be a, a serious infection of the tooth which the policy wording seems to imply would be 
are covered because it's like an emergency thing that they do. But basically, most of them will only cover like reconstructive dental surgery after an accident. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so like actually, I have. Them, a, I feel like maybe it depends on the level of plan that you buy. For sure, for sure. And I mean, there's, I've actually got a fun little list here of things that aren't covered. Um, so I'm not going to read every well, single wait, one but out. Before but... that, there's just a couple, a couple other things I was going to mention that are covered okay. before you do that. So there's yes, the, yes, all of the cancellation stuff plus medical and dental, some dental, mm-hmm. uh, disaster evacuations. Yes, so yep. Um, earthquake, tsunami, you know. Tornado. You've also, you've also got um, medical repatriation. So, if it's cheaper to fly you home to get your treatment, uh, they usually will cover that. Or oh. if you, for a horrible reason you pass away while abroad, yeah, most of them will cover getting your body back. As well as if you've got a good plan, they they'll even compensate your family. Yeah, because I know uh, to in, a certain extent. I know, and I was reading something about it that like it can cost upwards of like ten thousand dollars just to transfer a body back to the state oh yeah it's not cheap abroad i don't know why i said it like i know from experience (laughs) like i'm like oh it's not cheap trust me no it's it's very expensive um uh, much more expensive than just getting home as a living person because there's obviously biological things to consider and cargo space you don't get a seat um obviously Mm -hmm. um but yeah like medical repatriation is a big one because in my case in indonesia my insurance if i had had it would not have paid for surgery there because it would have been cheaper to fly me home to Australia where I could have got it done with the uh, social health care we have, but they yeah. would have covered the flight. They would have said, look, it's cheaper for us to do it this way, so we're going to cover your flights home uh, and you can get the work done there and then we will fly you back to... I think it would have been back to Indonesia, which would have been useless to me. But, you know, kind of a nice gesture all the same. Mm-hmm. So what is it? what is not included? So dental we touched on, um, except for certain plans might cover it, and then obviously emergencies. Uh, mental health is, as it is everywhere in the world, really poorly represented. Mm-hmm. So if you had to like cancel a trip or receive treatment because you'd had a psychiatric break or you'd had like if you were dealing with clinical depression and like needed help, that would very rarely be covered unless hospital hospitalization was required, and that would obviously be pretty serious then. Yeah. Um, medical tourism is not covered. So if you're flying to Vietnam to get some work done, uh, they won't obviously cover that, which makes sense because it's just the same with pre-existing conditions. And the same goes for having a kid. Uh, if you give birth abroad, travel insurance generally won't cover that. It won't cover your medical uh, expenses. It, but it will cover complications usually. Like if you were having the baby and then you needed extra work done, that would probably be covered because that would be um, an emergency. That's not something you're choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, the big ones for me, these are the two that catch a lot of people actually, uh, certain high risk activities generally aren't covered in a basic package. Um, and you have to actually specifically nominate the ones you're planning to do. So if your trip is going to be, you know, alpine skiing, not at a nice ski resort, like actual backcountry, whitewater rafting, caving, skydiving, uh, scuba diving, bungee jumping, these things are usually not covered. Uh, and the same goes actually weirdly enough, uh, for, um, like physically demanding sports. So if you're touring for rugby, for example, because it's a contact sport, they may not cover you if you get injured playing um, unless you've opted to pay extra for for this extra coverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second one that catches the most people, I think, is that certain... While your luggage is covered for theft and lost luggage, they usually won't cover high-expense items beyond a certain point. So, like, I have a laptop that's worth Mm $2,000. It's a very nice laptop. 
they would reimburse me up to 500 which obviously would not help me at all if I lost my laptop. Uh, so you can usually opt to pay for like additional coverage for specific items and they'll ask you for things like uh, serial numbers and actual costs like with receipts. Yeah. But by and it, and it's not cheap. Like I think by by adding my laptop and my Canon camera to my insurance, I think I add like forty dollars a month uh, just to cover those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's better than well, having also, them break and then. Who has receipts for all that stuff? Generally, they're not too fussed on the receipt uh, as long as you can provide them like proof of the cost. So okay. if it's still for sale somewhere, yeah. Uh, like when I when I covered my laptop, I just sent them the the like the Amazon.com you know ad for confirmation yeah. yeah yeah i just yeah so but the main thing is making sure that yeah any high risk activities you're doing and any expensive stuff you're taking with you like photography equipment for example yeah is actually covered because a lot of the time it, it won't be or it is but only to a certain amount which will never come close to covering what you lose yeah um and my brother found that out he lost a brand new iphone in the philippines and he did just legitimately lose it i remember he was drunk i think i saw him put it down on the bar and then it was gone he went in and we we might have perjured ourselves a little bit to the Filipino police and said that someone that we saw someone take it. Yeah. And the, they they filed out all the paperwork. I'm sure they knew we were full of shit because yeah. it's a it's Boracay's like backpack. Of heaven. course. So he he's just like get out of here. Um, but we filed and they gave him I think it was hundred and twenty dollars to replace a brand new iPhone and you can't even get a second hand iPhone three for for hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> let alone a brand new. I think it was an iPhone six at the time. So, I mean, it was nice that he got anything back, given that he lost it himself, but not the coverage he would have wanted. And probably if he'd thought about it ahead of the trip, he probably would have paid more to, to cover his phone. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing that, like, a lot of people, when I was in Mexico working at the hostel, <clears throat> um, we would take people out every night to, into, like, the hotel zone where all the clubs are. And mm. I would give a speech every single night don't take your phones don't take your wallets don't take your passports only take 200 pesos and um (laughs) that's smart though drunk people are the worst they're like toddlers when it comes to it's not only that but like i absolutely love mexico so much but there's a lot of corruption and yeah the policia will take advantage of you uh taxi drivers will take advantage of you if they know that you're under the influence um, Makes sense. I've seen people that like were not drunk, like they were tipsy for sure. But so is everybody coming. Like all of the clubs there are all you can drink. So you pay sixty dollars or fifty dollars, but it's all you mm-hmm. can drink all night. Oh man, so that's that's that would have been heaven for me. They a few years stand ago. in the like on the strip, waiting for all of these people to come out of the clubs, and then are like, "You're drunk in public. I have to take you to jail." Unless you pay me this much money. Oh, right. Yeah. And then the police will take you to an ATM machine and <laughs> and make you pay them a bunch of money. Um, we could do a whole episode on the corrupt popo overseas. Oh, yeah. We could, that, that'll be for a later one. But uh, that's why you should tell people all the time, like, don't take your passports. Don't take your wallets. Don't take, uh, don't wear nice watches. Don't take your phone. And they're like, but you're taking yours. And I'm like, yeah, well, but the uh, thing for was, a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing was like it, men were targeted a lot more than women were. Um, really? Yeah, definitely. I, I found that the next morning when everyone at the hostel would wake up, there'd always be one person that didn't listen that <laughs> lost their passport or got it stolen 
or got their watch stolen by a taxi driver who refused to take them home until they gave it to them, or uh, their iPhone, or all that stuff. Um, and another good reason to have insurance. It was always guys that it would happen to. Yeah. But for most of the time. And everyone's like, but I want to take videos. I want to take pictures. You know, they want to capture the moment. But I'm like, I'll take them and I'll send them to you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it would happen all the time, and none of those people, like rarely, did those people have travel insurance. But every once in a while, you'd have people that would, and they would be spending all day in the common area filing claims and oh, trying to get it back or get at least the money back for it. Well, before we before we bounce on entirely from things that aren't covered, I found a list of things that are, are never covered, but they're like so obscure you wouldn't even think to like wonder about them. Like for example, losses due to nuclear radiation or radioactive contamination not covered. So that's good to Damn know. It. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Some of them are a bit grim, like uh, losses due to a war breaking out generally won't be covered, which is you know terrible. But I guess they have that for a reason. Um, and then the one that's relevant to Vietnam is losses occur- incurred while uh, participating in an unlawful act. So if you're breaking the law; they generally won't cover you, yeah. and that's why how they the get motorbike. people here because. Yeah, you might not think you're really doing anything wrong. Yeah. You might even be a very good driver with a license from, from your home country. Yeah. But by Vietnamese law, you're breaking the law, which means your insurer will be like, sorry, mate, we can't help you. Um, and if you're very drunk or under the influence of drugs, a lot of people, a lot of insurers won't cover that. But there's not really a good way to prove that. So unless you really, you know, unless there's a police report saying you were like under the influence of, you know, a pound of magic mushrooms at the time, <laughs> you're probably not going to have to worry too much. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't covered, but uh, the things that are covered are the things that you're probably going to need to worry about more than anything. Yeah. And I think a lot of people should know that, because um, a lot of people think like, oh, I have health insurance at home. I pay for private health insurance at home. Well, that mm. cover me. And <laughs> that is not, like, not completely. Like, most health insurance plans provide very little or no coverage if you're traveling in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then countries with universal health care can assist with minor things, but they're not obligated to. So, yeah. Yeah. So in the event of like a major medical expense, they probably wouldn't help. Um, yeah, that's definitely, not I mean, I'm lucky to evacuate you or anything like that. Yeah. Like I'm lucky in that Australia would cover me because I know some people who have said their home country with universal health care doesn't cover like injuries that are obtained abroad so i actually called ahead to my to the hospital and asked if i would be covered to be sure because i wasn't going to fly all the way back to australia just to have them say look no um but they were really they were chill they're like yeah just bring in your x-rays we'll get you in i was like oh all right sweet yeah and there's but, plenty of resources online to i was just going to say like how do you find the right policy or to know it's a good there's one. like yeah, there's there's so many guides out there, usually created by travel insurers. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't believe everything they say, but they usually cover the the information well. Just that their answer is usually us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one other thing to consider is if you are abroad for a longer amount of time, uh, say like me, where you're an expat in a place. Uh, for example, in China and South Korea, your job is required legally to provide you with insurance, um, but. In our case here, we don't have that, but there are actually companies that do what's like called international health insurance. It's much more expensive than travel insurance, but it's also more like regular insurance in that it would cover, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff rather than just emergencies. Um, I've never got it because it's so expensive that it, I feel like it would almost be worth just paying the fly home to Australia. But 
for those who are like full time living abroad, uh, who can't get access to the local insurance, it is actually a good option because travel insurance is is for emergencies. It shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be used. You can't use it for checkups or yeah. you know, if you get a. I know, for example, if you get an STI, that's not usually covered. Uh, the treatment or the the ongoing effects of an STI aren't usually covered. So like. If you're backpacking and you happen to give yourself a, a little dose of something, you're, you're not covered. Whereas with the expat health insurance plan, you would be. Luckily, that's, for there's most, a lot of grim stuff in there. <laughs> Luckily for most places, uh, there's a lot of free clinics and stuff with, that help with things like that. I yeah, for like the very basics, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rochelle, um, got, uh, Rochelle had to get her, um, what do you call it, like a birth control implant. Like oh yeah, here, here the other that. week, and it was like thirty dollars. Yeah, to, and they just they just did it there and then. Um, yeah, I went so to I the mean, yeah. NHS a couple times. I've been to the NHS a couple times in London with like when I've been because like, it was. I mean, I was there for like six months, um, which is how long the tourist visa is for. And I was living with my family, but I had like a really bad ingrown toenail that was really painful. Oh, um, ouch! Ew! I don't know what reaction I want. It's like ow, ouch, and yeah. ew. Um, and then I also had like some swollen lymph nodes behind my ear that was just like this lump and it freaked me out and I wanted to go to the doctor and figure out what it was. So like, there's been a mm. couple things where I've like been like going to the NHS and you know, it's free and you just sit there for hours, but eventually like you get seen and taken care of. And even though I wasn't from there, they still took care of me, but it was That's very, cool. very small things. Not like, you know, yeah, not like myself, major surgery went to the hospital. Um, it would be different, but the NHS like free clinic is. Uh, that's really good to know. But that's also um, because but the... I think that's places with universal healthcare. So I I don't know that for sure. Don't quote me that that's every country that has universal healthcare. Is yeah, because I don't think that. Australia works that way. I know Rochelle is I think on the hook for most of her expenses while she's in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, the one country I always get insurance for, which is going to sound crazy, is the US. Uh, not because it's super dangerous or anything, but because the cost of medical care there is so brutal. Oh, yeah, that doesn't that sound surprising at all. It's like the one country. Like, I mean, I always have it, but if there was one country where I was like, get insurance, it's there. Just because uh, Rochelle had to go to a hospital where we were visiting uh, earlier in the year just for a minor thing. But one of the two hospitals we could choose from had a $1,000 administration fee just for going in. Yep. Just um, so we didn't go, thank God, because that would have been a, a huge cost. Um, but yeah, I don't want to ever have be in a situation where I can't afford healthcare, and the US is one of those places where it is so expensive because everyone has insurance generally. I know. I wish I could just get travel insurance while living in America because I feel like it's cheaper <laughs> than actual private medical insurance. <laughs> that um, would be pretty sweet. <laughs> don't even get me started on like fucking medical insurance in this country. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. Um, we, we had a chance in Australia this last week. Uh, we had an election, and if the other party had won, we would have got dental uh, covered by our national health care. Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't. So dental will remain something I do only while I'm out of the country. <laughs> yeah. What was I going to say? There, I was going to say if there's anything that we haven't covered. I guess, like, uh, pre-existing conditions aren't covered unless you get... Generally not, unless um, you get a... You can get, like, a waiver. Yeah. Um but only certain travel insurance companies uh, yeah, the more the, the more the more upmarket ones generally will. Yeah. Like the ones that target backpackers are a little more bare bones. Yeah. Um, and then 
incomplete documentation. Oh, that's like so like there's paperwork that has yes. to be submitted when you're trying to file a claim, and if you don't have any paperwork from like a doctor or a hospital or oh okay. Uh, anything like that, then a lot of times insurance will kind of unfortunately use that opportunity to not, they don't have to, you know. Yeah. Um, what's it called? They don't have to approve your claim because you don't have the oh, right documentation. Yeah. So if you do get um, hurt and you do, something does happen, keep everything. One other one that should be worth remembering is that flights booked with frequent flyer miles usually aren't uh, covered by insurance. Um, generally speaking, I wonder if um, that's something you can like. Your airline might do something for you, yeah. but the insurer, because they can't really refund you miles. No. You know, they don't have that currency that it can send you away. So they would just say no, and then you would have to talk to your airline or your, you know, credit card or your miles package yeah. and see what they would arrange for you. Yeah. Which but a yeah, lot I of think times, we've covered if you a do lot. book through and uh, directly with the airline, like that's my biggest definite thing when it comes to like trip things is uh when planning a trip booking a trip book directly through the airline because when i booked through a third-party website and then i missed my flight i was screwed and had to buy another one but if i had booked they told me if i had booked through them even though it was my fault for missing the flight they would have just got Mm. me on the next flight oh wow that's because i didn't book directly with the airline i had to just pay for a whole new one i was at like six (laughs) hundred dollars um But a lot of times you can check, like even, I mean, and this is not to say you def- shouldn't get travel insurance because I think you definitely should. Um, but you can also, before filing a claim with your travel insurance, check directly with the airline if there's issues with, you know, canceled flights, delayed flights, missed connections, all that stuff. Because if you mm-hmm. did book through the airline, generally they will help you out. Yeah, that's, that's been my experience. Uh, I've never missed a flight, but I've had somewhere. My connection was late, so I like couldn't make my ongoing flight, and they've always been very cool about just rebooking it, even putting me up in a hotel if they need to. Airlines are generally pretty good, unless they're certain dodgier budget ones. Yeah. Well, lucky you never missing a flight. I have missed a few, and it sucks. <laughs> I, I, I don't miss... We, we discussed this on the airport episode. I'm at the airport like four hours early, so there's no, the only way I'm missing a flight is if I just completely forget it exists for an entire day. Yeah, um, well, you try stupidly getting really drunk the night before and sleeping through your alarm. <laughs> it happens. No, no, I don't do that. I don't, I don't get drunk the night before a flight just because I, my hangover is a day long. No sickness, just anxiety. And the last thing I want when I'm trying to travel <laughs> is to be like so anxious that I'm like hyperventilating. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think that's about it. If anyone I think takes we've covered everything. anything away from this, you should just fucking get travel insurance. It is. Just, yeah, get out your wallet, you dickhead, and just get some insurance, because otherwise your mum and dad are going to have to bail you out, and that's just embarrassing. And <laughs> annoying, and they'll probably be pissed, and then you have to deal with that. Who wants to deal with angry parents? Nobody. <laughs> or um, probably. If you guys have any other questions that we didn't answer, go ahead and shoot us a message. Um, you can either direct message us on Instagram, it comes with Baggage Pod, or on Facebook, it comes with Baggage Podcast. Uh, Twitter is CWB Podcast. Um, or you can email us at comes with baggage podcast at gmail.com. All of those things. Yeah. And we've had a couple more, at least on the US iTunes, we've had a couple more ratings and reviews. And I appreciate you so much if you were one of those people. If you weren't, what are you waiting for? You're dead to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, if you 
are an Apple addict like me. Um, I don't know if you can rate and review on other, like. Uh, you cannot on Spotify that I've seen. No, um, which is Play? where I listen. Uh, I don't know. I don't touch the shit. Uh, I'm an Apple. I'm an Apple fanboy. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've had. A, I've had. A, my first computer was an Apple IIe back in like 1986. Um, oh, I thought so you I've were. Had... I thought you were an Android. Android. No, I, I thought. No, God, no. I hate. I'm not a fan <laughs> at all. Um, Although I am tempted because Apple's customer service in Asia is not great. But uh, no, Apple all the way. So I listen on Spotify though. Um, and you can't rate or no. review on there as far as I can see. But you know what you can do that helps us out is share us in your Instagram yeah. stories. So that your friends hear about us. Through Who, me? No, like people, <laughs> oh. other people. <laughs> I'm like, my friends don't look at my Instagram. The audience. <laughs> Um, Do that and, and airdrop, of course. Airdrop is still the thing. It's the, it's sweeping the nation. It is. I still have had a couple of people do it. I've tried to do it, and for some, I think people are getting a lot more in tune to the idea that strangers airdrop them things because I'm in a cafe full of people on their laptops, and only like one person pops up. I'm like, come <laughs> on, people. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try and do it at the co-working space tomorrow. I'm just gonna see if it works. Do it and film it on your phone <laughs> or take a yes. screen grab. Just see if anyone looks up and goes like, "What is going on?" Yeah. I'm just trying to put baggage podcasts in my phone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, rate, review, subscribe, share us in your stories, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, um, and airdrop us. And yeah. Spread the word because the more that listen, the more we can keep doing this, and we enjoy doing it. And we have some really fun guests coming up in the next few weeks. I'm not going to drop names because I don't have a schedule of when they're all coming on. But we have got, I think I've got like half a dozen like different uh, bloggers or scuba diving experts or uh, travel like influencers who are keen to come on. So we're going to talk about things like scuba diving, traveling with, with your partner and how to survive that. Uh, being a response, Yeah, kids, responsible travel as well. Like so... You know, not just not being an asshole like we discussed previously, <laughs> but but actually like making sure that you're not accidentally funding, you know, uh, animal cruelty yeah. or exploitative activities. So there's definitely going to be some fun stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Awesome! I can't wait. Nor can I. All right, I think that's it for us uh, today, and we'll uh, see you guys next Tuesday.